0: Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth. Where, Charlie? Sideways. And outside your business. All right. so <laughs> Sideways and outside. Fantastic. Not ruining this at all. All right. Now, interestingly enough, there's some topics today that we're going to be talking about, which relate to maybe people not having so much control, Charlie. I'm fired yeah. up about this one, Grant. I'm actually a little bit angry even in the intro. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm going to say something that you have complete control over because I know you're fired up and I know you need this level of certainty. I'm giving you control over the newsletter.
1: But you know what? I might start a petition. So get on the newsletter because I'll probably email this out to get your signature on the petition so we can rally these
0: changes. So get on the list. <laughs> All right. So I'll help everybody. If you do want to join Charlie's petition... <laughs> You head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email. And when Charlie sends this petition out, you can actually go and put in your details and go and support whatever he needs. And I don't even know what the petition would be about, but I'm there. I'm signing Charlie. Let's cue your disclaimer.
1: It's Charlie here from Business and Investing. And I need to let you know that Grant, myself and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products.
0: All right, Grant, I had a moment last night. You have moments most nights. What was this one about?
1: Well, this one was a special moment <laughs> because I realized I've properly entered middle age and you might have too.
0: I've been there for way too long.
1: Do you know how I knew? <laughs> white hair. You got a white hair. No, I have had them for a while. Let's be <laughs> real. Mine's going. That doesn't apply to business owners, right? If you're a business owner, you could be completely accepting of the idea of hair falling out or going gray in your 20s. Totally. Yeah, the second is like, I'm going to go in business, <laughs> hair gone. Yeah, absolutely right. But that's uh, the price of the rewards that come with it. Mm-hmm. If you want easy, go
0: somewhere else. That is not for you here. To right, too right. So so you hit middle aged. You realize you've hit middle age.
1: Alright, so I, I after I did this, I thought about it as well, which made it even worse. I watched a piece of news and got angry at the TV. I full stood up at it? and was like yelling at the TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is not right. Did did you get the pen and paper out and start writing a letter? I said, I'm gonna take this straight to my Member of Parliament. Do you know, my nan does that all the time. She's (laughs) actually been quite
1: successful in her area with getting things fixed and getting things done, whether it's like speed humps on the street or um, like footpaths fixed and stuff like that. Pothole needs to be filled. (laughs) She writes a good letter,
0: nan. I love your nan.
1: All right, so I'm on the couch last night and uh, I uh, am tuning in on YouTube. So I'm not watching wide TV. I've modernized this. and um, I see breaking news. They've updated and are making changes to superannuation. Now, this is something I've actually been putting a lot of thought into recently because I've been considering, and this is definitely not financial advice, but making changes to the way I'm doing super and contributions and setting myself up for those later years. I'll leave that there. Need need no one know my strategy or copy it? And honestly, I can't risk saying it on the podcast because I could get into trouble for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what has occurred, and I, I wonder if this is the universe giving me hints is that the government that's in right now, the, the Labor government, are looking to make changes to how superannuation works. Now, in particularly, and you could probably gauge by the idea that I was fired up about this, not in a good way, in my opinion.
0: For business owners, not in a good way.
1: Well, I don't think in a good way for anyone. So I'll, let's go over some of the changes first, and then we can cover more of my outrage and me standing up. Remote in hand, by the way. Pointing at the screen, standing up, going, anyway, we'll, we'll leave that there. We can cover that in more detail. It was a You're show.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: All right. So these are some of the things they're looking to change. So number one is that they're looking to put a limit on how much you can put into super. So a $3 million uh, cap. So going once you have more than $3 million in super, we're going to change how this is taxed. It's not going to be a tax haven for people. Um, which is what they're deeming it as. I'm not sure it's a tax haven for people, but we'll we'll leave that there. The second one they're looking at is changing um, the contributions. So currently, as it stands, you can put in twenty seven and a half thousand dollars um, as a what they think they call a concessional yep. uh, contribution, concessional which contribution. means it's a tax deduction. In summary, yep. um, where they're potentially and I, I've only heard rumours of this, they were considering lowering it to twenty. Right again, changing uh, how the tax works. And then even further is potentially looking at how things are taxed while inside super. So currently uh, capital gains and income are taxed at 15% and they're considering looking at that in another way. Now, there are some other changes about which I think may even be positive overall is just around uh, for people that have taken time out of the workforce for like mums and stuff about equalising how super works. There could be some good things in there. But the point I really want to highlight here is that they're looking at making – relatively significant changes to how superannuation actually works and i think this is really dangerous and i'm a bit angry about it especially because you're trying to lean in hard into it all right so let's go through a little bit of the why i'm so angry about this we've all been contributing to our super since we've been working and i started work at 16 right so literally how old am i now 34 what's that 18 years ago So, 18 years ago, I started contributing to superannuation under the promise of what it was when I was 16 years old. Now, all these years later, they're looking to make changes to that that I didn't agree to back then. Yep. So, these are – what is it called? Retrospective changes. Now, bringing this to why I think this is such an important topic to business owners – is that if you've been investing in your super and potentially getting financial advice from a financial advisor who's telling you to go, hey, put money into super, this is why it's a really good thing to you, only two years later for this to be getting changed, who's to blame? Yeah. Like you got advice from a financial advisor and did what, you know, ASIC and all these places are asking you to do, right, all these rules that have been enforced and then even though you played by the rules, they're going. well, No,
0: we're, we're kind of going to. Well, I'm just going to say it. Screw. You. We, we we want the money now, Charlie. We're just going to. We know where a whole heap of money is stored. Let's go. Let's go there and take the money from there.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I think a really good question is why is the government looking to make these changes? Is because they have problems with tax, right? They're trying to find ways to uh, increase tax revenue. This is really the outcome they want: is for their uh, budget and surplus to change, or for there to be a surplus. Completely. So that's why they're doing it,
0: but don't you don't you find this interesting that they're just going for and they're always going for the high income earners, right? Like I, I was reading through this and like, oh well, it's not going to impact most people because most people have hundred fifty case in their super, and like it's only gonna it's only gonna impact the top one percent earners, Charlie.
1: Sure, doesn't that sound like you know? Um, just to be clear, income tax. Was only meant to be around after World War II to, to pay for the war. Very right? short term. Yeah, yeah, it's short term.
0: <laughs> Fascinating. Everything is like this gateway to a change, because well, then it's like this is all we need to do is try and find something that everybody is accepting, and then we get to iteratively change and improve on top of it, or not improve, just change.
1: Well, it's it's so much more than that, though, right? I, I don't like what this sets up in Australia in general of going, don't strive. Uh, don't try and do anything astronomical because if we, if you do, what we're going to do is tax you more and we're going to get, you know, if you create something special in this country, we're just going to, you know, raid some of your money and disperse it differently. Mm. And I don't like the idea of disincentivizing people that want to strive. Like I would actually love it if more people in Australia strived to do exceptional things and they get rewarded. I'd love a reverse tax system, right? It's like, you know what, the more you make, the lower your tax rate because do you know what would suddenly happen? We'd motivate this entire country to start doing special things. Totally. So Where I when think- we create motivations around doing less, right? And there's a really good example of this about retirees who would want to work, but they don't because they want to make don't make, they don't want to uh, mess with their pension. I'm like, we literally have people that want to contribute to productivity in the country, and we go, no, 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 we'll tamper with your super if you do that, or um, if a mum, right, someone who has a kid. They can't go back to work because it will affect their childcare support. So they sit there and go, well, I'm not going to go work because it would actually oh, tamper with my support. And it's like there's endless examples of people not striving and not doing things
0: because it's disincentivized. Yeah. It was the same with like the the payments that people without jobs got recently where it was more than what they were getting paid if they were working in restaurants, cafes, et cetera. Like they were completely disincentivized to actually do better and strive for better. But don't you find, don't you find this has just been the case regularly, like that the government always kind of pushes down on going where's the easiest place for us to take money from that the majority won't be pushing back on, and you always hear them refer to like top one percent, like it just impacts the top one percent. It's always cutting down the tall poppy, like because that's where majority of the votes are, not tall poppies.
1: I do think that exists for some reason. It's probably like. I think as a government, if like reversing this and what do they call it? Steel manning. Steel manning. You know, like if I was, uh, old Chalmers here and I'm looking at it, I'm going to go, where can I get the most support to get something over the line? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not sitting there and going, what's right for the country? I'm going, what's going to get the vote? And I suspect that's how they're playing it from here. I just think they're massively
0: not considering the impacts of this. Especially for the top 1%. Because to that point, like if you look at the law of averages, there one everybody has an approximately one hundred fifty thousand dollars in super.
1: Yeah, but it's not about the top one percent, right? But, so let's 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 make this a, a different thing, right? So they might be thinking, oh, top one percent, this is a great thing to target, but who do they actually target? All the people that could potentially become the top one percent.
0: But this is the point. This is their sales their sell strategy. But it, the challenge that you're articulating quite well is the the point around it just breaks this complete trust. It's like, well. We want to strive. We want to do something better. And in order, in exchange for us doing something better, a great feedback mechanism is earning some money. And now you have said that a great place for us to put said money that we have earned is in said super funds to make sure that we have something for retirement. Noting that we don't actually get the money until what, 60, 65, depending on sort of when we get it. And so it's like, we trust you not to change the way it currently exists. And we will strive for the best and you will look out for us on the other side. It's almost like the when that trust is broken, what else are you going to change? What else are you going to break? Like that's what's been broken now within, to your point, 14 years since you started contributing. What about for the
1: next 20 years? Hey, I've, be I've been, been contributing for 18 years. 18 years, sorry. And oh. even then at 34, think of how many more I've got to contribute for before I can actually
0: potentially touch this. But that's the, and that's the thing, right? So it's like, well, now if you're breaking it here as we're starting to think about like utilising this mechanism, what else are you going to change over the next decade, 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 decade if you were to change it every decade?
1: Oh, so let's go there. Let's go there. I've been thinking about this a bit and this is where my outrage has come from is business owners in general are an ambitious sponsor, right? We are an ambitious we are different. We're striving. I don't you- know a single business owner that isn't trying to be a striver, be someone that does better than average.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you? Not a single one.
1: Okay. So we've got these ambitious people that we're now disincentivizing to put money into super because we've created uncertainty and a lack of trust with how that is doing it. Now, here's my other problem. Business owners are the ones who can actually, and I'm going to use this word, manipulate their super. So we are in control of how much we pay ourselves. We are in control of how much money we take out of our businesses, either via salary or dividend, and in turn, how much we contribute to super. So, if you're a business owner right now, like myself, and you're sitting there and go, do you know what? I don't trust you guys. I'm seeing you messing with things. I'm seeing that you're locking up this capital and then changing the rules on how it can be used. Why would I put money into this system? Right? Why would I do that? And in turn, right, becomes something that could be potentially very dangerous. This is becoming something where that capital isn't going into potentially retirement savings or turning into something else.
0: What if, still man, what if that's the government strategy is to try not to get the cash stock locked up for the next 20, 30 years because they need the cash in the system now. And so, they're like, so if they pull this rip cord and you go, I'm not going to put cash there, I'm going to swirl it around the current economy, buy shares, buy property, etc. Maybe that's one way that they're looking. I think you need to right?
1: rethink that one, Grant. What do people do with their money in super
0: no, I don't. I, they invest in shares? No, I Yeah, totally that still
1: get gets access to the company in and sloshed around there. It's you that doesn't get the access. The company still gets it.
0: Yeah. I, I'm I'm merely trying to steal a man the other side of this one, going maybe there is another layer to it that they're just trying to push people into to get them away from just locking it up in super.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't make sense either because it's so few business owners in the country.
0: And that's, that has come back to that 1%. It, dude, it's, it's a weird one and I completely get why you're <laughs> – Up against it, arms going. uh, How do I not create that trust around it?
1: Well, I think a lot of people know I have a huge amount of passion for actually business owners being set up for retirement because the the stats, yeah, the the stats and premise aren't in favor here. Let's go. Like you know, really, my dad had a horrible uh, outcome where it's like he had everything in his business, he went all in on it, and then things changed. I know several business owners that back themselves, but then retire worse off than if they had gone the employed route. Like, yes, there is significant upside available here, but there's also significant risk. And even to that, majority of us fail or end up in a worse position. Now, in disincentivizing super even further, I think you escalate this problem. I think you actually make it worse because I know right now business owners will start reconsidering super. And I think it's a huge mistake in government policy to do that where I would rather make it known and keep it more consistent, even if it's a worse deal. So at least there's some certainty than have this open-ended approach to super being changed and potentially mm. damaged for it. I think business owners in general.
0: It Yeah. It just comes back to... I don't know. I'm going to pick that up. Do you think... Because they're obviously going, I want the tax now. I want the income now, which means that if you can't go and push more money into super, you're going to pay your income tax on it, which is instead of what, like a 15% tax on the contribution into super, you're paying your 30%, 30%, 40% depending on your income. And that's going to help the economy right now, which in turn then helps them because it's going to help them with the the state of the economy. Do you see that – would your opinions change if they said this is a short-term fix? Just for the next five years, ten years.
1: No, because that's even worse. So you're telling (laughs) me next time you need a short-term fix, you're going to wreck my super again? Well,
0: I'm just yeah, no. But this is the challenge because I'm trying to put it from the other side. I just don't see any benefits to it. Like I do not see the real win for business owners in this who are looking to utilise super. Like I, I can't. I can usually see the other side of the argument where there's like a layer of going, this is a this is a good decision or a potential. This one I can't.
1: I will preface some points here. I actually think superannuation is a fantastic system. I, I will say that. That's my opinion. I think as a country, it's great that we do have something here that makes sure that people put something away for retirement because when countries don't have that, the liability that is created for people later in life is massive. So I think having a system like this as lo- along with free healthcare to a degree is amazing. So we have to really recognise how lucky we are as a country Poor uh, policy here, though, has the standard or the opportunity to really kind of wreck these things, which I think is there. Now, bringing this back to business owners and and making it something that I think is important here is that I think this is a check-in point that everyone has a look at what they're doing with super and they do get some advice and they start speaking with people on this. Because I look at this right now and go, the type of changes they're recommending can make a significant difference to your own retirement, what happens to you from here. And I think you also have to start looking at this through the lens of like, cool, these are the rules today. What could what might- the other potential changes be and have I allowed for that appropriately? So if you're putting a lot of money into super right now and you have no other investments outside of super, you may want to reconsider that or you may be advised to reconsider that. And of course, I can't speak to anyone's personal situation, but it's certainly changed my own situation here. Mm. It's made me consider of going, well, cool, This is how it's potentially going to change and potentially changed in futures. I have to put risk mitigation in for this now. I really do because I don't know what's going to happen here. So I can't risk having as much locked away as I potentially was going to because what if they suddenly change the tax even further?
0: Yeah, and it actually works out that there was no benefit in you putting it in there in the first place. Correct, which I just think is massive
1: on this point here because we all have money in super. We need to start taking it more seriously.
0: Imagine if they said we're going to put like a central bank, but for super in. Do you reckon that helps solve the problem? I need an example of like what a you mean third by that. party to go and manage it where the government can't just kind of swash around in it. But that's what we have now.
1: That is the super funds.
0: <laughs> well, we're fucked. <laughs> Was it a, because I look at this and I go, hear, hear me out on this. I note that the government's changed shit all the time to help them with whatever they're going for. Yeah, bring property in. What about land tax changes? What about stamp duty changes? What about all of these other things of pure uncertainty? Be it that the difference is I get to play those games now in super. I have to wait <laughs> until I'm 60, 65 to reap the rewards and the benefits from it. Which Ooh, means so
1: let's let's go there. Let's go there really quickly. This is the thing that um, I think is highlighted. So we can accept that the police force is separate to government. Yes. I know they're paid by government, but they're their own body. But who makes the laws?
0: not the police it's the the government you're setting this up so well (laughs) so it's like
1: who's really in control here Mm. and you saw great examples of this over the pandemic where police officers were literally enforcing laws they didn't agree with and you see it on the look in their face yep and i actually um know of police officers who resigned because it just ethically they couldn't handle it Right. so to say like they didn't have any control of that they enforce a system created by someone else Right, Same setup here is the super funds um, are legislated by the government. But there's rules they have to follow by to be compliant. And if they break those rules, the penalties are severe, man. Like I've even seen if you're a business owner and you don't contribute to your staff super, like jail time is Do on literally. the list of things. Yep. Like I we take like. this stuff very seriously. Totally. So the thing with super though is that because you can't access it, if they legislate the change, you can't. Say, I don't agree with this change. I'm not going to participate. You can't take it out. So, for example, you mentioned land tax. In Queensland recently, they had uh, land tax changes. And when you look at the land tax changes, you know, if you didn't agree with them, sell your property.
0: You take the chips back off the table and reallocate those chips elsewhere. Yeah. With super, you don't get that opportunity.
1: So if you've been contributing for all these years and then they change it and you don't like it, what are you going to do? Stiff pickies. And hence the risk that comes with it. So I would love to see, and I'll get this on the record, is the idea of like if we are as a country going to take this seriously, I think it is very important that we make the rules uh, clear and outlooking so that people can have certainty in what they do here so that this system has some weight. Because there's some great advantages to it and could be way more impactful if they did it properly. But things like this only dispel my trust. What, till the next government's voted in and they change it again? until the budget needs a whole repair and they do it again, like it it doesn't sit well with me that they can keep tampering with this and create uncertainty mm-hmm. with
0: it. Don't you find it convenient though that they they start suggesting all these changes and stuff when they put in like the ASIC you can't talk about superannuation and shares? How convenient, Charlie. Like I would love to unpack this a little bit more, but we can't talk about it. Case in point, noting <laughs> I've made zero
1: recommendations here at totally. all. And I'm not saying people – and I've even been an advocate and an un- un- advocate of it at the same time, but like – The dangers, this is what makes it such a significant
0: risk. Yeah, I I completely concur. And to circle it back to something that I've been thinking about is going, is it easier for me as a business owner to accept paying the tax for like income tax every single year to go and invest outside of super because at least I get my own control on it? And if they don't change it over the next 50 years on when I hit super, or 40 years, whatever, whenever I retire and just go, cool, man, I'm happy to wear that. It's just opportunity cost because I still don't trust the government.
1: And that's Yeah, the so be. let's think about that. We've got uh, just curiously, Grant, I'm not going to name anyone here at all. I've mentioned the idea that business owners are an ambitious bunch. Do you accept that? Mm-hmm. Do you think they're control freaks? <laughs> <laughs> all of us. Yes. Fascinating. So if you present a business owner with, hey, I'll give you slightly better tax breaks but no control or I'll tax you harder but you get control, which I know that you think they
0: might pick. Dude, I say might. We can't We can't advise. Dude, if, if it was me, dude, uh, tax me harder. Don't you worry. I'll run like a mofo to get out of your system.
1: And hence the challenge I think they've created here. Yeah.
0: Dude, I think that's a great point to... Jump onto the next one.
1: Let's do it before I, it's hurting, <laughs> It's too serious. This episode is too <laughs> serious. I'm too
0: angry from all of it. Charlie, did you hear about New Zealand? Do you want to give us a little bit of an update? What's going on? Dude, I nearly fell off my chair when I heard this one. Hagrid, <laughs> like, did you nearly fall off your chair when you heard this one or the one before it?
1: Let's let's just go through this one by one. So I want you to imagine I was standing up now because of the previous
0: topic. So I'm enraged
1: and angry on this, and then I'm sitting. Then I'm sitting down and
0: nearly have my breath taken away by this one. Wait, wait, wait! I'm just going to paint the scene. So you've you've enraged, you've thrown the, the remote, and you've walked back over to the wall, pulled the remote out of the wall, sat back down on the couch, gone to the next video, and this is what you were presented with. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Was an emotional mess after this.
1: I'm like, middle age was really hitting me at this point. I'm like, wow, I'm fired up on the news on multiple levels here. You need, to, you need to cool this shit down, bro. <laughs> uh, what
0: happened? What happened?
1: New Zealand raised their cash rate by 0.5. Yeah, <sighs> dude, the previous
0: one was 0.75. Just to put context on it for you.
1: So what, what's their total? 4.75 is where they're at right 4.75, now. 4.75, yeah. All right, and just give it some context. The US is at 4.75, Canada's at 4.5, the UK is at 4, and Australia's at 3.15 now, is it? 3.35. 3.35, okay. So they're the notable differences um, here. I'd like to just describe something really quickly that I think is not in uh, spoken about very well. There seems to be this common belief or common theory that it's like, we're all going to go on the same path. Like it's like, you know, one country's in front of the other or behind. So like New Zealand's gotten to 4.5, 4.75. So Australia's going to follow that. And then New Zealand's going to be ahead and they're going to cut rates first. And then we'll follow that. That's not how it works. Right? Because the dynamics of each country, it is so different that it's impossible for us all to follow the same path. And a really good example of this is like Australia. We immigrate a lot of people and we export a lot of minerals. Our economy works very, very different than, uh, let's say, Asian economies or the UK economy, which is notably going through some very different challenges since separating from Europe. So to sit there and we have to say we have to go on the same path is just like pretending that every business must go on the same path. doesn't matter if you're an e-commerce or services grant, you both have to do the same thing. Yeah, It's just and not it's true. Not the true way that me. I
0: saw this and and in my mind, because it's like... It's so like when you see like a linear graph and a compound graph and your brain connects the linear graph, like it's, oh, it's a straight line up, Charlie. But then a compound graph doesn't logically make sense to the way our brains work. When I went and looked at interest rates of other countries and saw like Japan was negative 0.1 and like Argentina was like 75. I'm like, yep, cool. Every country's different. <laughs> so it's, like that different. Hugely it. different.
1: You got to yeah. play the hand you've got. Like an event's going to happen and the way we deal with that is very, very different. Yeah, um, You only have to look to like 2008 to recognize this as well. Like the U.S. went through a massive housing crash in 2008. We didn't. I don't know. So um, and then I even believe across those years it's like China boomed coming out of that time where the U.S. was much slower to boom. It did in te- you know, after that did. But it's like I just think we have to recognize that and think of it like businesses. I still think it's the best way to think of every country like a business and like they're different. They have different tailwinds and headwinds. They have strengths and weaknesses. So it's not a set path they all have to come on.
0: I concur. I found something quite fascinating. Like when I was watching the videos around this, their central bank, when they communicated the increase of uh, 50 basis points or 0.5%, they kept justifying it around like inflation. But all they said was target inflation. They never said what the target was. And I'm like, here's the uncertainty kicking in again. <laughs> it's like, we'll know when we're there, Charlie. Like, we'll just know when it's there. I'm like, looking for some kind of certainty of like, oh, this is what your goalposts are. Dude, I'm like, still nothing.
1: It has been a fascinating endeavor to watch this. It has. When I watched the um, video of the guy speaking about why they're making the changes, it was very apparent to me that he is way more aggressive in wanting to hit inflation than every other like RBA True. or Fed. What is it? Uh, Jerome Powell or uh, our mm-hmm. mate Robbie Lowe. Get out, right. Rob. Yep. Dr. Lowe. All right. But the point being from there is like this is a country that is an example of like going if – they're going to go aggressive. right? They are going aggressive. They're still making massive amounts of pulls when other countries are making things different. What I think this is really um, fascinating of though is this is going to set a great example of like will this actually break inflation fast and what are the impacts of doing something like this? So that's what I think is going to be interesting here. I don't think it sets the path for Australia at all, although it might, but I think that we've now seen a country that's going to go aggressive on this and we can see the impacts of it, which makes it so interesting.
0: One of the things that we've spoken about is that something needs to break, right? In order for a big change, There's something needs to break and – uh, one of the things that I'm looking at is like, cool, Australia is fundamentally different to other first world countries, which is why you referenced Canada, US and NZ and stuff because obviously that's what what we're close with, but property is fundamentally different against it. If, in your opinion, if something was to break somewhere in the world, does that impact Australia or do we need to have something break for us? So to use an example, in the US, uh, the global financial crisis, like the Lehman Brothers and, um, what was it, Bear Stearns? Kind of collapsed. And then it was like, whoa, all right, now something can change. And then it changed and started repairing itself and doing all those kind of things. Can that happen where something else happens elsewhere but we get the benefit from it? Or does something have to break in Australia, in your view? Yeah, so I love this as a question.
1: Um, I would suggest that if something big breaks anywhere in the world, it affects the whole rest of the world Mm -hmm. because we are such a connected world now. And you would just have to look at the example of like if China shuts down and we can't get goods made, how much it impacts our economy.
0: We've seen that before.
1: Yeah, like we've had experiences of that. We've seen that. So it is, um, And then before, using 2008, is the housing bubble popped there, triggered a massive event all across the world that impacted several other countries differently. So they're all impacted in different ways. Now, could New Zealand be the thing to break that then sends warning to the rest of the world and changes things? Absolutely. That might be the thing. And like New Zealand, you know, as a country in GPP was – probably about the size of their certs, Yeah. So it's like I think the significance of it matters here. Bringing this back to why I think this is something business owners should pay attention to or at least have some awareness to is, let me play through a, a couple of hypotheticals. Noting I have no idea what's going to happen, right? This is crystal the balling at point. its best. Yeah. If they keep raising interest rates significantly and it works, do you think that like Robbie Lowe and others aren't going to sit there and go, look, we'll do that. Because they're know. all desperate to achieve the same result, so they totally will. You know. Yeah. What,
0: <laughs> so thing. if
1: this works, it wouldn't surprise me that if Australia started getting more aggressive with rates to get
0: the same result. You know, in in my mind, all I keep thinking about is like, where the cherry picker in the goal square. And all these other countries are like lobbing bobs from outside the 50 to use an AFL terminology. And I'm like, we're sitting there at like 3.35 just going, all right, go, 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 go. And then when they drop it and we just like grab it just like kick it over the car, I was like, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Cheers. (laughs) So thanks. But do you think, do you see, so here's my my thought process and I'll, I'll stack on my view. Do you see Australia sort of taking a little bit of a backseat, going, all right, let's see what the rest of the world does? Or do you think that in our context of our own economy, we're actually going quite aggressive where we're like, oh, yeah, cool, based on everything that we've got, we're actually doing the right thing? Or do you think it's like, let's see where everyone else lands and we'll just keep sort of sitting behind them because maybe something will break for them?
1: Yeah, all right. so let, let's paint it. This is, again, pure speculation. So what, does this, what do we know about Australia is that we've got very strong balance sheets and a lot of equity in homes. Yes. All right, so if you look at that, Australia is in a position where it can be more patient because yeah, we do have more cash set on the sides. Everything. yep. Right? So if I am, uh, again, steel manning, this seems to be the topic of the day. I'm uh, fine with it. If I was, you know, uh, Dr. Lou, and I'm sitting there and going, do you know what? Our bank accounts are pretty healthy here. We've got good buffers. Let's just sit back a little bit and see what everyone else does. And then based on what's working and not working, we can make our own accord from here. I,
0: don't
1: know. I would do that. I really I- would do that. Because I think that it gives you the greatest opportunity to make the best decision. Like, and there's that saying: "It's like you know, pioneering doesn't pay. But the guy who runs first is the one that gets killed in war."
0: <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. But I, I, but I think that it softens the landing as well. Because Maybe, if you're, but potentially. But I, to you, again, what is, we're steel manning, steel manning everything now. If you're sitting there going, "Well, it's not as bad for us as it is for other countries. We don't, we're not forced to go as hard." It also means that when this thing turns and changes, maybe it's going to be a softer landing for us based on us just not going as as firm as in this. Potentially, they don't have to do as much. Totally. And so then I I look at this and I I kind of concur with something that you mentioned where I look at this and I'm like, there's just so so much uncertainty kicking around, not just Australia, but the world. Where you've got countries trying to break things, like you've got markets going up and down and left and right and everything. You've got lawmakers coming out with stimulus and changing laws to try and increase revenue and everything. I'm just like, this is just an uncertain time where I'm going, all right, I just got to make sure that from business, I'm stable, from the income that I'm making outside of like investments and stuff. Like I am just, I've got a good emergency fund. I personally am just not going to be exposed. To any of this risk, no matter what happens, I'm, I'm just making sure I stack the deck for me personally in my favor so that whilst all these things figure themselves out, whether it's three months, six months, t- two years, five years, whatever, I'm just going to be able to weather the storm and come out the other side go, looking at opportunities going, where to next? All right. You ready for it? I'm always ready.
1: So you've been buying property, Grant. I have. Do you know what that uh, gets me to want to do? Buy property. Yeah, I get a bit bullish. I'm not going to lie. I really do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. What am I meant to do? Sit here on the sidelines, watch you buying property and
0: like yeah, getting I, some
1: really good results as well. I will mention it's like,
0: oh, oh, the FOMO. I'll put it out. Dude, every quarterback needs a water boy. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> that, <it> hurts me.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't make it. All right. So let's just get, look at that and unpack it a little bit. Grant buying property is not a good investment thesis. No. Right, that's, um, it's like that's a FOMO at its best. Yes. But it's interesting that I look at my own behavior across the last couple of months and I've sit there and watched my psychology build into, you know, they're not going to do any more rate rises. It's going to start slowing down. Grants started buying property. And before you know it, I'm willing to compromise on my risk. Mm-hmm. Where if you go back to maybe six months, 12 months before that, I'm like, we don't know how high rates are going to go. You need to make sure that you are prepared to weather a storm. Mm-hmm. So, I had a psychological shift myself. Now, what's occurred here, and I think uh, we've got to be cautious of, and this really lays into what you're saying, is that we have just received a signal that in plain sight that New Zealand is still going hard on raising rates. And do you know what? If that works, it could appear here. Yep. Now, and even I think at the last Fed meeting, they're talking higher for longer. Is the, is the framing they're using. You know, higher rates and we're going to hold them up for longer is what they're talking about. And even our own reserve bank is saying that they're going to raise rates. I have this information and yet because of seeing things in my own network is like I'm looking at it and going, can't trust them, grants buying property. I'm getting, I'm getting bullish here. I was, on a, I was on a webinar the other night. They're saying this is going to boom. I'm on. And it's like the compromise on risk. Now, Making this even more interesting is that if you keep your butters and health and uh, reserves in good check and keep your risk in check at the moment, if a storm never comes, you're fine. Yep. If you compromise on that and a storm does come, you may not be fine. So it's very easy to get carried away and excited by these emotional things. And that could be the very thing that has people come undone. So, I, I, again, we're not allowed to give advice on these topics, but I will say that I had a bit of a gut check and I'm making sure that I look after my own uh, risk measures. And, again, I have rules. I don't change the month-on-month. I very much look to this and making sure that I stay within check. I still might buy a property this year or two. But the point being is I'm not compromising risk to do so because there is still so much uncertainty around there. Totally. There's heaps of uncertainty out there. And for the business owners that are considering – Um, potentially risky moves is putting some risk measure in
0: place is still appropriate. Totally. And the way that I've thought about it and approached it, especially in this such an uncertain time, because it's like, how do I buy? Transparently, this has challenged me a lot. How do do I sit there and say, I think maybe buying more property makes logical sense when rates are rising, you've got some of the greatest investors out of the States going, no, everyone's fucked. (laughs) And I'm like, how do I just, what do I know in comparison to them?
1: Well, let's, let's hold up on that point, right? Because you've got these things here. It's like, you know, you want to be greedy when others are fearful, right? Totally. Be contrarian, Grant. What a great time to be contrarian. Look at all this contrarian news you get to go over it. But rates are also actually rising, right? There
0: is risk here. And like, smart people are like, yeah, this is recession. Like, we're all doomed. Like, So how do like, you handle that? Just complete blackout of everything. <laughs> like, this podcast is the worst thing I do every week. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> no so you know what's funny the way that i approached it was i'm like um i'm like cool let's say that it it drops a bit let's say i buy property and it drops 10 20 30 percent that's fine i'm in for the long term and i can weather the storm and i'm okay with it and that is a better outcome than me just sitting cash in a bank account in my opinion based on my situation and so the way that i thought about it was like going into the casino with like the hundred bucks that you're fine with you have disconnected from this hundred dollars And if it does not need to return anything, you can walk out with nothing and you're still happy with the outcome because you're like, cool, that was fun. That was enjoyable. And I looked at this and I said, hey, wherever this thing lands, I'm completely fine with the outcome and it will not impact me financially to the point where I think it may or may not bottom out slash may or may not grow. Right. And so that was for me going, this is a better use of my cash than sitting in the bank accounts and doing what it's currently doing. And that was where basically my thesis came from. Like, that
1: was it. I think we've got to be reminded to zoom out as well, right? It's like you, when we're talking about risks here, neither of us are looking at it going, oh, let's sell everything. This is a danger time. It's more about I want to ensure I survive short-term turbulence for mm-hmm. long-term results. That's the aim of the game here because if you get forced into a sell position, like that's when damage is done in a portfolio, Yeah, if I'm not forced. That.
0: And that's exactly what I'm playing it at at the moment. Completely. I love that. All right. You finished on your soapbox? <sighs> I am. Pretty passionate <laughs> on this one. <laughs> I love it. And for anyone who's sitting there going, Charlie, you never actually mentioned, what are you going to send out for us to sign? Oh, It's my, my petition to your actually petition? fight these super changes. I right, got it. You know so if you want to join Charlie's super petition... <laughs> Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email and I'm sure he may or may not send you out an email about signing his petition. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing.